welcome back to the SBP podcast, Mobile Filmmaking. I'm Susie Botello. I'm your host, and you're listening to episode 133. His name is Ant Pruitt. He. This is the third time that he's been in our show, and I welcome him and I introduce him to you. Uh, Ant is uh, someone that is a good friend of the International Mobile Film Festival in San Diego and also of this podcast uh, and a personal friend of mine as well. Uh, I met Ant through a podcast because not only do I host this podcast, but I actually listen to podcasts as well. And as you know, I'm really attracted to innovative technology, all things online, and obviously you, the things that you do, the things that you accomplish with your smartphone cameras. Um, This Week in Tech is the podcast network that I am actually referring to. It's called Twit. And Twit TV has uh, Ant Pruitt, on a show that's called Hands-On Photography. Why am I talking about photography? Well, that's actually Ant's uh, specialty. But also, I thought I'd have him on the show to give you some basics about smartphone photography, which he is an advocate for. And I'm not talking about the iPhone. I'm talking about Android phones. He is a big fan of the Pixel smartphone, as a matter of fact. But what he's going to share with you is a lot of information, very simplified, because I basically told him, simplify this uh, when it comes to the, some of the basic photography terminology and concepts that once you get them, you'll never forget them, regardless of the camera that you use. We also have had... In the last uh, film festival in San Diego, Aunt Pruitt as a judge for the short mobile film competition. And so we asked him to return and he has accepted, he's accepted that mission. But also, this year, for the very first time, the film festival has put on a special uh, competition. It's called Frame a Story Photo Contest, One Story in One Frame, shot with a smartphone camera. It's a photo contest, and Ant has agreed to also be a judge in that contest. And so I wanted to thank you for listening to this. I wanted to thank Ant, and I wanted to also thank our mutual friend, Scott Bourne, who is also going to be a judge in this uh, in this competition, I'm I'm actually making that announcement right now, and I I think that you're going to get a lot out of this. One of the things, let me just give you a very quick rundown. Um, basically, and by the way, the deadline for that, the regular deadline for the photo contest is November 21st. So all of that is around the corner. Um, now the things that we're going to be referring to are, you know, there's a myth about smartphone photography. We're going to go into that. We're going to talk about printing smartphone photos to canvas 
and of course some photography basics, uh, pixels versus resolution, and storytelling with photographs. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, guys. We're also going to dive deep down underneath the iceberg, and we're going to get to a lot of juicy information for you regarding also the new iPhone 14 and the 40. Well, you know what? I won't go any further. I'll let Ant, because he's the one who brought that up, I'll let him share that with you. So if you guys are ready, are you ready? Let's go and talk to Ant. everyone i am here with the god of photography mr hands-on photography and pruitt and how are you <laughs> i don't know about god of photography but i'm unbelievable as always how you be you're definitely unbelievable and remarkable <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so Thank good you. to have you have you on the show again guess what i realized just about what? 15 minutes ago so I thought this was the second time that you were on our show. This is no. this is number three. Yeah, this is third. Yeah, it's like <laughs> ding, 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 ding. It's so awesome. It's like I did not know that this is the third time. This is a big deal. Well, I'm not a squeaky wheel. I'm easy to forget. I know this. No, it's just like <laughs> I was. Well, it just seemed. So the first time was uh, episode. Well, I don't have it written down. Because I don't write everything. Wait, no, maybe I do. How oh, okay, you. here it is. 85. 85. And then you were 119, see? And then once I got past 100, I kind of, like, <laughs> forgot all the below 100 ones. <laughs> She's like, I'm done. I've moved on. It's like I've moved on to the hundreds now. I'm like, good. <laughs> <laughs> but the And then the next one was 119. And obviously, yeah, I, I have a thing for the 19, uh, <laughs> which is a great segue for me to remind everybody that the feature film competition's regular deadline is October 19th, which is in a few days. Wow, look how that worked out. Yeah. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that cool how you know, numbers <laughs> just kind of connect the words? <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason that... Um, that I invited you on the show. Well, there are several reasons. One is because I think everyone that's listening is going to learn so much about photography and you're uh, a pretty cool advocate for smartphone photography. And I want you to mm -hmm. touch uh, with everybody, just touch on why that is. But the other reason is because you are one of the greatest judges for our photo contest that is brand new this year the smartphone photo contest uh which is you know it's it's a story contest it's called the frame a story photo contest one story in one frame shot with any brand smartphone and i think a lot of listeners are gonna love the fact that you are an android uh smartphone person because they hear so much about iphone 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 and I'm an iPhone person, but obviously, I'm also, uh, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> right, right. You know, so uh, go ahead and share with everybody what 
brings you into the smartphone photography uh, world? Well, first, let me say uh, thank you for all of the great buildup. Good gosh, I have a lot to live up to now with these <laughs> next couple of minutes. Um, <laughs> and I hope I can. Um, but far as smartphone photography, um, back when you and I spoke on episode 85, I believe I told you that the smartphone camera is what really refired my um, sort of dead photography juices at the time, you know. Um, the Droid X was the phone and the camera. And I saw that this little tiny sensor had pretty decent capability, you know, to be something that was fairly accessible to anyone. And I just continued to shoot and, you know, practice and try to get better at the craft. And, you know, over the years, I think I have, and I still got a ways to go and still can work at it. But it's just the fact that this is something that almost everybody has in their pocket or on their desk or <laughs> on the couch cushion somewhere. Right. <laughs> um, they, they have the opportunity to snap photographs that are beyond a standard snapshot because of all of the computational photography that's built into these devices is literally just tap the screen and it's done. Now, granted it could be even better with some training and, and understanding, you know, some of the concepts of photography, but everybody has a pretty good head start these days versus, you know, a decade ago when their phones wasn't as smart. Um, and, cameras was the way to go far as getting quote-unquote good photographs because the phones were dumb yeah i mean there was a <laughs> few smartphones out there you know like i mentioned that droid x yeah but even still that was few and far between because uh, it wasn't everybody wasn't buying that phone just yet how many the pixels droid. did that one have i think it was pretty high i think it was Four? And no, it, I'm just it sounds funny saying this. I think it was pretty high at 18 megapixels. Nice. I think. No, well, that's and, pretty good. Well, I mean, you'd say that, but most of the regular people would be like, 18? My new iPhone's got 48 or well, 45. Well, because they started out, there were like two megapixels, remember? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were like, Yeah. I was already thinking about. You know what? Now I got to look because I can't remember. Droid X. I'm you're yeah, this is great for the really pod. <laughs> start, start looking it up on there. Sorry I hate about doing that. that. I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> I hate it when people do that to me. It's like, don't put me on the spot in me while, while I'm complaining. I'm like... Oh, no, it was eight, <laughs> eight megapixels. Yeah, eight megapixels. see, I was thinking four or six. I was kind of... But, yeah. But, you know, the, the whole point of it is, I mean, things have to grow. They have to start yeah. somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And... Yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty cool though, and I remember in that in that um, that you you shouted it out. Uh, did I say that right? Shouted it. Yes, you did. You uh, did. It's good. If uh, you didn't, we don't care. We're, we're good. <laughs> that's right. People out there are like, what? <laughs> um, that it was a Droid X, and to me, it just sounds robotic. Sounds kind of yep. cool. Um, and then, and then after that though, um, you moved on and I mean, which, so 
did you did you ever use the Sony? Uh, the Sony smartphones. Yeah, is that what you mean? I, I did not. I have played with some of them over the years, but no, I never bought a Sony smartphone because um, back then they weren't very good. They they just recently turned into decent devices from a user experience. You know, take the camera out of the picture. Yeah. No pun intended. Um, those phones were just hard to use. Just a really clunky user interface. It was Android, but it was a bad flavor of Android over the years. But it's gotten a lot better now. And and what then, year uh, was that, by the way? When it was bad? Yeah. Uh, I would say prior to 2016 or so. Because in 2014, I think it was, um, they had just come out with 4K for the video camera. They were the first. Yeah. And again, take the camera out of the picture. Yeah. That phone was pretty hard to use. See, and that's <laughs> the, that's the, the thing. The Xperia line, right? That's the thing. It's also a phone. Yeah. You know, because if it was a separate camera, then why would you use a phone? Right. You know, you know if I, mean, I that's remember how I see right, <laughs> with a lot of the Sony experience in their Xperia line, the performance of the phone would would deter you because you go to open up the camera app and this is some of the the, the experience that I remember personally yeah. you go to open up the camera app and it waits 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 okay now the camera's open oh. all right frame up your shot hit the shutter wait wait See, capture that's how I feel about PCs and going through the <laughs> windows it's like how many windows do we need to get through you know right right <laughs> And it, it was a bad experience. But again, they've come a long way. You know, it was nice they had all of these these beautiful camera um, features back then, but we could never get to them. Yeah. But that's why nobody really bought those phones. You know, <laughs> that's it's why kind of not a, even number three. So uh, one of the things that I always felt that Canon had really good lenses, you know. Oh, yeah. And that. I always, I, you know, I always loved Canon, you know, for that, because even their, their most professional lenses, when you put them into the prosumer, you know, cameras, they were pretty good. You know, they were like almost broadcast quality. And, um, I, I thought it was so disheartening when they came out with that smartphone, uh, a while back. And it was like, yay. And everybody was like, oh, it's just got to be awesome. And they just went, they just fell down the hill right off the bat. Wait a minute, Canon? Yeah. Oh, no. Um, I'm sorry. Not Canon. That was Red. <laughs> oh, Red. Yeah. yeah. The reason oh, yeah, why I'm saying phone, that is because I wanted Canon to make a phone because of their lenses. Yeah. And then Red came out with it. That's right. Yeah, Red had all of the great sensors. They have the great image sensors. Yeah. Um, and color science, and it, you would think that the smartphone camera was going to be just amazing. But again, it was a horrible experience. I know two people that had it. Yeah. And, and it was super, super expensive at mm -hmm. the time, yeah. you know, and then they, they did that. And, you know, the reason I'm connecting it to Canon is because when that happened, I was like, I was obviously very wrong about Canon 
Canon, don't do that. Don't make a yeah. phone. It's not your thing. Right. You know what you are. <laughs> and it's not phones. Yeah. But I know? had been like practically begging Canon to make a phone because of their lenses. So so when Red did that, I was like, oh, God, I was so wrong. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, um, and a lot of people in the photography community tend to forget this. Canon can make all of these great cameras and great lenses. But. 95% of the time that sensor that's on those cameras yeah. are from Sony. Mm. Interesting. You know? Yeah, just Sony makes pretty much all of the image sensors in cameras these days. Um and that's all the way from from smartphone to cine cine camera. Yeah. And and that's their thing. They're good at it. Well, um, yeah. You know, but then it takes the rest of the development from the OEMs like Canon or, or Nikon that, where they put their special s sauce into the color science. And that's when the magic happens, you know. So what are some things that um, our listeners who are not, you know, professional photographers mm -hmm. but are using smartphones outside of just pointing and shooting uh, without getting into details about settings and things like that. But what are some concepts that would be useful to them, like aperture ISO and things like that, that they should at least know about in a simple way so that mm -hmm. when these things come up, they understand them Sure. without having to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, I'll give it to you in two aspects here. We'll give you the brand new, this is my first time grabbing a phone camera, and then level two is the I'm curious side. On the beginner side of things, pick it up, hit the shutter, and boom, you're done, right? right. But you can always maximize that by understanding that light is key. Light is, 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 is what's going to make or break the image when you're a beginner. Uh, people love to take photographs out and about at the bars and they look like a hot mess every single time because not one bar in the United States of America is well lit. Yep. It's always a dim room, dim, dim, a dim area or what have you. It's but, so depressing. You know, but for what it, yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to enhance the mood so you're drinking right, more. <laughs> right, keep drinking more, you know. Um, but if you were to take your phone and just sit down at your breakfast table or whatever and just snap a photograph of your partner or a photograph of a, a plant in your kitchen or something like that, most of the time you're going to have natural sunlight coming into that room and it's going to be gorgeous light. Snap that picture and it's going to look great. Because you got light. So that's the main thing from a beginner standpoint is just understand light is going to make or break the image. Now, you figured out all of that. You're ready to move up into the uh, I'm curious about serious photography stage. Then you can start to look at some of the apps and look at some of the manual controls inside of your, your iPhone or um, Android device or even something like Lightroom Mobile that has a camera built into it, um, mm. uh, Filmic, and they have First Light, which has manual controls built into it, and you want to play around with those. And 
again, light is going to is still going to be a, a, a main factor in here. But now when you have manual controls, you get to manipulate how that light is being handled by your camera. When you look at what's called shutter speed, think of an old school camera. And when they click the button on the camera, it makes a click, click sound. Right. That is a shutter opening and closing. Okay. And the faster that click, click sound is, that's a, that's saying, okay, that's my shutter speed. When that shutter speed is a much slower click open and close, that's telling the camera to let in way more light than it normally would let in. Okay. So now that's giving your image sensor more light to play with. And that's one way to manipulate it. You can say, I don't want that much light and speed that shutter speed up and it won't let in as much light. Hmm. And then the next control is aperture. Everybody hears about F 2.8 and F 12 and F whatever numbers, you know, all of that is, is a measurement of F stops. Right. F stops. That, that is your aperture measurement. And what that's measuring is there's a hole on the back of your lens that that is sitting right in front of your image sensor and you can tell that hole to be wide open or closed down a little bit when the hole is wide open on the aperture blades it's letting in more light when it's closed down of course it's letting in less light and again that's just another way of controlling light for um capturing your image and you can play with that stuff in a lot of different scenarios particularly when you're dealing with f-stops the higher the number is the darker the image is going to be Hmm. the lower the number is the brighter the image is going to be but then there's also the physics side of it it also messes with what's called a depth of field when you look at something in front of you and just just with your eyes not with the camera when you hold something in front of your face and you just look at it it's in focus but everything behind it sort of falls off out of focus. That's the depth of field effect that you're getting. Like the distance. Right. And so the camera is going to do the same thing. The, the, The wider that aperture hole is open, the more shallow that depth of field is going to be. Things are going to start to fall out of focus really quick the further it gets away from your lens. And when you close it down, it brings things more into focus even though it's letting in less light, so it's going to be a darker image, but everything can be in focus the higher that f-stop number is. So if you want to achieve that effect manually, basically give us an example of what you would do. You can go as low as f4, um, f4, sometimes even f5.6, and you can still have a background that's somewhat blurry. Now, when you go lower than F4 and say F2.8, you know, or F2.0, which is what most phones are trying to do nowadays. Yeah. um, Then you'll really see a shallow depth of field. Now, talking about smartphones, they don't have an aperture that you can move, you know, to open or close. It's all simulated in in, uh, the algorithm uh, of the camera. Okay because it doesn't have any type of mechanics inside of a smartphone. That's why they're so thin. Yeah. So, so what your app is going to do is simulate what it would look like if you had a measurement of F2.8 coming through to the sensor. And that's all it's doing. So it's faking it. 
it's faking it, but it still does a decent job. Now, let's talk. So when, what about the, so that, wait, did we cover ISO? Oh, ISO, excuse me. That's another piece in that puzzle. There's three pieces of the exposure triangle, shutter speed, uh, aperture or f-stop number, and ISO. And ISO is basically how sensitive to light your camera sensor is going to be. Uh, think about if you, you're in a dark room and all of a sudden you walk outside and it's bright sunlight, your eyes fill it, <laughs> right? It's like walking you know, it's out just, of the theater at 2 in the afternoon, yeah. Right. And then what's happening is, number one, your pupils, which is in, in turn your aperture on your eyes, is wide open because it's in a dark room and it's trying to shut <laughs> and cut down the light as it goes out, as you go outside in the bright area. But also what's happening at the same time is that sensation of, ouch, this is painful. That's just that's you can relate that to ISO. When you have high ISO settings on your camera, you're basically telling yourself, I'm in a dark room and I need to make my sensor as sensitive as possible to whatever light um, <laughs> that's floating around in this room. Grab so what you can, right? Right. So <laughs> I can take it all in. But if you keep that same high ISO setting in a bright room, your image is going to just turn out white. Yeah, it's going to blow it up, as they say. Nice. Well, this is good. So there's the three. The the the. I almost called it the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> it's the exposure triangle. The exposure triangle. This is awesome. All right. And I so went into I went into a lot of detail of that on my show, Hands On Photography. Um, when I started that show, I got a lot of heat from people because you know they were like, "Oh wow, Twit's doing a photography show. I can't wait." And they were wanting me to get into scrims and different lights and yada, 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 and all of the gear. And I refused because I wanted to have people understand what happens when you pick up a camera. You know, so I think it was episode two. I'm looking at it's either episode two or episode three. I remember For I watched that. Episode two. Yeah. I was uh, really impressed two. with it. Uh, thank you. I, I did an ex- episode on the exposure triangle. I actually did two episodes because it's that much information that you can play around with. And it, it's it's really important and it will go a long way as you develop your photography skills and you understand the exposure triangle. Yeah. And you do it, you know, we should throw a link on here like right now <laughs> in the notes like wait don't stop let's listen to the rest they'll be the, the link will be there it's not going anywhere <laughs> um, we got you yeah uh so here's the here's the thing um one of the things that um that i well actually i want to respond to that because it's the same thing with when i do workshops and things like that when mm-hmm. it comes to the gear Um, those things are constantly there and they're constantly updated and there's a billion gazillion brands and ways to get them. And then whenever you get a new camera, you got to redo all that, especially with smartphones. Yep. And so what I want to get into with people in workshops and things like that is the fundamentals 
Uh, I totally mispronounced that. My Spain-ish came out. No, you. It's totally fine. My the fundamentals. Have you heard me speak? Really? Come on. <laughs> no, but you're fine. <laughs> you have, the, you have the Zen. Southern draw. Voice. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> actually, I think that's actually pretty smooth. It's smooth talk. Uh, <laughs> so, but. Um, that is the concept, you know, that is the understanding. That's your, like when you're building a house, that's your foundation. If you don't yep. have a good foundation, it doesn't matter how beautiful and how wonderful the beams and, you know, everything else in the house is. It's all going to just crumble away and fall apart on you over time. Yep. Yeah. And so those are the most important things to get, which is why I wanted you to explain that to our listeners, because... Once you get these concepts, those never change. Nope, never does, regardless of the camera you pick up. That's right. And <laughs> you and know shutter speed, aperture, and ISO. Exactly. And then the second thing I say to people is, like, learn how to frame things, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that is the one thing that I picked up on since I was little was Mm -hmm. the framing of the shots, you know, and how that perspective changes everything just from the angles that you choose and things like that. So, you know, I just think those things are really, really important more so than, you know, uh, all all the little details of the gear and things like that. But those three things that you just talked about, it's basically how you control light and shadow. Mm-hmm. you know, and how that affects the outcome of your photo. And I, I'm sounding like a pro, but I'm really not, you guys. It's just because Ant explained it so well <laughs> that I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Um, so the other thing is um, there's there's a little bit of, of a myth, right, mm-hmm. about photography, smartphone photography versus, you know, DSLR, right? Yeah. And I, I just have to, this is my thing. You're a professional uh, if you take good photos, period. It, it, now, you can dissect it till the end of time. That's mm-hmm. not what makes you a professional. What makes right. you a professional in the end um, is how it turns out and how people perceive it. Because it's yep. not like a movie. You know, a movie, right? Right. Um, it's over extended of time. You're telling a full on story over time. And there's so much psychology and everything involved in that. Mm-hmm. And it's there's very all, manipulative. Yeah. It's, it's all the, the director the he's, she is manipulating your perception of that story through the film. But with a photo, there's two types, right? There's the perception of the person that's taking that photo What's their story that brought them to shoot that photo, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, on the flip side, the perception of the person that's actually looking at that photo and how they perceive it, what they're getting out of it. Yep. And that's true. Yeah. And so it's the same thing with the whole myth of, you know, what's professional, what's not professional. <laughs> and I, <laughs> when I was a teenager, I got paid to uh, I think it was like five dollars for each sign that I made for one of my friends who was still in high school and she was running for class president 
and she said, I want to pay you because you're so good at doing little cartoons and things like that, right? Whatever. Look at you, Miss Entrepreneur. That was back then. Well, see, that's the thing. So she paid me for that. That was the first time I got paid for doing anything really like that. And I thought, I just made art and I got paid for it. And somebody says, Mm -hmm. now you're a professional. I'm like, it wasn't that good. (laughs) And they said, it doesn't matter whether you're good or not. The fact that you got paid for it it is what made you a professional. And that stuck with me. You know, I'm I'm on that fence a little bit because anybody can get luck and sell one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think being a professional is that plus a body of work. Yeah. You know, well, there's so much to unpack there. There's Mm -hmm. also your integrity and how, you know, there's so much to being professional, but in the most basic terms, right? Flat out one liner. What makes someone a professional when someone pays you? (laughs) First first thing is, did you get paid? You know, that's the very first thing. It's really weird, right? But yeah. Yeah. So, so that myth, let's blow away that myth that if you shoot with a DSLR, you're a professional, as far as well maybe not like that <laughs> let me take that back <laughs> your photos your your the photos you take are professional right yeah i i i, I absolutely hate that myth yeah and me too. i've been in that scenario a handful of times where um I walk in to do this particular shoot for someone that hired me. You know, we, we, we talked, we pit, you know, I had a pitch and all of that stuff. And we agreed to the shoot. I get everything set up and I walk in and I'm ready to snap the, the, the images. And they're like, well, what camera is that? And I'm like, does it matter? Right. You know, are you (laughs) hiring me or the camera? Right. And they have these misconceptions of what a camera is supposed to look like, you know, because for the longest time I was creating stuff on a Rebel, a, a Canon Rebel oh, uh, yeah. T5, T5i. And heck, I still have that camera and I will still shoot with that camera, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's a consumer, almost prosumer ish yeah. camera. So, it's, you know, from a spec standpoint, it's not something that people are wanting to write about, but put it in the right hands and you can really create some nice art, you know. And so I, there was a couple of times when folks would be like, well, what camera is that? I'm like, look, dude, just let me show you what I'm going to do with it, you know. And I had another scenario. There was this comedian. I can't remember his name now, but there was a comedian, local comedian that needed headshots done and his agency reached out to me and I was like, sure, I can shoot him. And I went to the studio, we were running out of the studio space and was just firing along and I snapped some photos like I normally would. And then something told me, you know what, I'm going to use my phone now <laughs> um, because I felt that confident in it. And at the time it was the original Google Pixel and for the longest time, his profile was that image from the Google Pixel. Nice. See, so I used to, I used to, uh, people paid me for <laughs> shooting photos uh, at events. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, I did. I did that too. Yeah, and that's and stressful sometimes. I actually, on the event. <laughs> I actually now outside of weddings, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, those are the scariest thing. Like I don't, I don't want to touch that with a ten foot pole. Yeah, I'm, it's a very I'm not emotional doing kind of <laughs> situation. Nope, not doing weddings. <laughs> um, but uh, for other events like corporate events, you know, and um, community events and and things like that. Uh, even at, at our film festival, you know, I walk around and I take photos. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the thing mm-hmm. is, the whole, you know, you want to get the happy people. You want to get them in a, in, a, in a way that they're lit up. You want to get over-the-shoulder shots. You know, you want to get this. It's what people expect and they go, oh, that's the kind of photo that you see, like, on a magazine from yep. an event. And mm-hmm. I shot it with my my iPhone six or whatever it was. Right. And Mm -hmm. people look at that and go, wow, that's a great photo, you know, and I'm going, yeah, I shot that with my, with my iPhone, Mm -hmm. but I could have shot it with a DSLR. You know what I'm saying? Because, and it would look the same. Now, if you're going to sit there and study it and do all these other things, Ooh, that brings up the other point that I think we should talk about. Mm Mm-hmm. Printing smartphone photos to Canvas. Is that yeah. doable? In a word? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was total unison. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, as a matter of fact, I've done it several times. Um, you know, I, I sell prints of some of my images, not everything, but I have um, a service that I use. Uh, you go to antpruitt.com slash prints and you'll see roughly, I don't know, maybe 20 or so different images that you could choose from. They are beautiful, uh, by the way. Thank you. And and I rotate them in and out. Um, And there's a couple images in there that are smartphone images. Nobody knows that, Mm. but there's a couple that are smartphone images. And this year we are now October, 2022, Three of the prints that have been ordered this year were of a Google Pixel. Well, not of a Google Pixel, were shot by a Google Pixel. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and I'm sure there's a couple more in there that, that have been printed. Actually, I know there is. There's at least one more that was shot with. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a Google Pixel, too, because I haven't really had any other phones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's your, that's your, your mojo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's actually pretty cool. So there you go, you guys. So And these are prints. I and mean, I'm not talking postcards. You know, I'm looking at one right now that was just ordered three days ago at the time of this recording. This is a 16 by 13. So 16 inches by 13 inches. So that that's not tiny. Wait, let me go there. Is this the one that you sent me earlier? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, 16 by 13. When I said I want to go there, I didn't mean this kind of go there, but oh my God, I want to go there. (laughs) This kind of reminds me a little bit when I used to live out in the mountains, there was a path like this uh, with trees and everything behind the house. Mm -hmm. And people used to go, why do you want to live all the way out there? I'm like, look at this. It's like a Mm -hmm. forest in the, you know, it was, I called it my hobbit land. Uh, but this is beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah, that one is that's in Carolina, 
right right down the street from where I used to live, and I used to walk that trail pretty regularly because I got to get my stupid cardio in. Mm. And that particular day, it, the sun, I, I got out there just at the right time for the sun to do its magic. And again, light is, is going to make or break your images. Yeah, and the shadows, I was, I was going to point that out, the shadows. So it's... It's basically for, since this is audio, uh, mm-hmm. describe the image. Well, it's the image is called Mystical Trail. And so what it is, is I'm, walk, I'm d- going down a walking path, essentially, in the woods. And this is late fall because there's no tree, there's no leaves on the trees. The trees are just sort of bare. Um, but as I'm walking down this path, I get some sunlight off to my right. And that sunlight is making the shadows fall across the trail. And it's basically casting shadows of the trees just sort of going across the lit, the lit path there. And it's a little bit of green, just a little bit of green grass around the edges of the trail. But that's about it. And the rest of it is just me taking liberty with the color grading. And I did a little bit of purple haze. I was going to say purple haze. Um, because I don't know if you've noticed this about any of my photography. I, I tend to present things in cool tones. Um, Cause you're whenever a cool I, guy. Well, I don't know about all that, but <laughs> whenever I see stuff, whenever I'm shooting something from, from just from my heart and art kind of thing, yeah. before I click the shutter, most of the time my, my brain sees it in a, cool tone a blue hues or sometimes magenta and purple and things like that oh, that's i don't know why that is but it it is you know and i hardly ever have warm fuzzy images they're, they're normally sort of blue and moody and, and cool and this is one of those instances other than the specks of green that's sort of going along the edges of the trail and the uh, standard sunlight coming across it that's it the rest of it is just sort of blue and moody and purple it's so and people dig it so i've sold several copies of this thing wow. several and do they know they don't know no idea and they and they <laughs> and it doesn't matter you know nope. what i mean uh because when you're looking at something it's again it's kind of like what i was saying before about the perspective right does mm-hmm. the perspective of the person who's creating that that shot you mm-hmm. and then there's per- the perspective of the person that says wow i want that in my living room mm-hmm. you know i want people i want that to be the subject of conversation which is you know and that and that's the, speaking of subject it's the subjectivity of photography which is mm-hmm. why it's also art right you know it's that's that's really beautiful. Well, we're definitely going to share that as Thank well. You. We're going to have fifty <laughs> links for everybody there. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think we'll have that. we'll have the the main link and we'll we'll single that one out as well uh, for everybody. So so we've so we beat the myth of what <laughs> a you know professional is, and then also the fact that yes. You can be a professional with a smartphone camera and you can literally print to canvas. And uh, if you can print to canvas, there's no reason why you can't put it on a website. That's right. Or a video 
or right. whatever, you know. So that's basically it. See, it's kind of like what's happening happening with films as well, you know, with the feature films that are going to Amazon and Tubi uh, mm-hmm. and places like that. You mm-hmm. know, why would you? You know, I mean, it's like they're really. I mean, you could get technical depth of field and all these things, but mm-hmm. in the end, it's about the distribution kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's accessibility and the way you reach people and people appreciate it. So, you know, and, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm a pro I, and I have all of my different tools and yes, I have my go-to tools. Nine times out of 10, if I'm shooting video, yeah, I'll admit, I'm going to pick up my Blackmagic Pocket Cinema 6K camera. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, you have it. Because... <laughs> Because I have it. Yeah. You know, but if I don't have it, I I will not hesitate to pull my Pixel 6 Pro out of my pocket. You know, it, right. it, it doesn't even cross my mind like, oh, I don't have my camera, you know. Well, and a lot of people don't have, you know, they have to pick and choose like what they're going to get. You know what I'm right. saying? And when it comes down to it, it's like, am I going to, I got to get a phone, you know, and you know, you upgrade mm-hmm. your phone every year. Yeah, everybody's doing it every year, every two years tops. And the insurance on a phone is like, what, 10 bucks a month compared to, you know, uh, how much do you pay insurance for, um, I mean, I mean, service insurance, not, not like a warranty. Well, it's a little more than ten dollars a month. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say exactly, but it's a little more than ten dollars a month. Yeah. And that's to cover the devices. That's also to cover, you know, me as a business owner too. Um and if you drop it an SLR, uh, I mean a DSLR compared to yeah. a phone, I mean Yeah. It's, it's harder a whole to find different ball of wax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely yeah. And and just the process of getting that fixed right yeah, is, it is it is something heck even a lens drop a lens oh my god that's the drop most expensive lens. part is the lens yeah. drop a lens to just one too many times and and you will weep <laughs> i remember my slr camera that i bought it was like i was so happy and so proud finally to get an slr i was like a teenager i was a little teenager and i bought an slr and now i'm trying to remember the brand uh Anyways, it was the lens that cost, I think the body cost me like $399 or something, but mm-hmm. the lens cost me almost 700 bucks. Yep. And I was still, like, are you serious? That's still serious? the going rate. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm actually surprised that that's still the going rate. And it wasn't that's like top notch stuff, but it was brand. It was a mm-hmm. good brand. I mean, I wasn't right. going to mess around with that. You know, right. like you know, if you'll I'm get the you'll get the Canon and R6 right now. And that's not even her flagship. You get the Canon R6 body. It's going to cost you, I believe, about twenty five hundred dollars. OK, that's just the body alone. If you want to get their just outstanding 70 to 200 lens to go with that, mm. that's going to be another fifteen hundred two thousand dollars as well. Yeah. Just for the lens. It's like. You know, well, with the economy the way it is, next week it'll be like the price of a car. No. <laughs> <laughs> but without having to pay for the gas. <laughs> but that's a whole oh, other story. Oh, I stand story. corrected. That that seventy to two hundred is not 
$2,000. It's $2,500. So it's the same price Jeez. as the body. <laughs> wow. Do I get two cameras or do I just get the... I mean, what are you going to do? See, they, they uh, it's like... It's like, why? <laughs> because that's, that's, what good the, is the, the body without the camera, right? But right. it's the thing about, <laughs> you know, well, you can get this lens. And, and that's the other thing about the smartphone versus the DSLR, because you have to switch the lenses uh-huh. constantly, depending yep. on, you know, uh, most people, I mean, they have a bag full of different lenses, you know what yep. I'm saying? And so there's yep. that's for me with my fingers that's more opportunity for accident <laughs> to drop something <laughs> <laughs> you know that yeah. is a convenience factor of the smartphone and again it's getting better yeah because of the computational side that's in it you know now i'd, I'd like to touch on something with the with your listeners um, regarding marketing speak oh yes go for it um you know, it, particularly here in the U.S. of A., I can't say about the rest of the world, you know, the phrase bigger and better seems to just win out in all scenarios for whatever reason. You know, if you get a car that's got was, a yep. four-cylinder engine versus a V8, people are going to automatically jump to the V8 because, hey, it's more horsepower. Mm-hmm. But they don't think about the fact that you got to put way more gasoline in it and it's just going to be a a pain in the butt on the, your wallet. The big so tires. The, yeah. Yep. You know, so bigger isn't always better. And when it comes to photography. And in Japan, it's the opposite. Really? Well, because in <laughs> Japan, right, the smaller, they're more, they value this, the, the, the minimal things. The, oh, wait a minute. I remember you telling me that before. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The whole minimalist stuff. Yes. Yes. That's, yeah, I remember that. Um, but, yeah, when it comes to cameras, though, it's not always the, the, <laughs> the best idea to think about 40 megapixels is better than 20 megapixels, you know, because that's not always the case, especially when looking at smartphones. Smartphones have image sensors in them just like any other camera, um, but the image sensor is usually less than half an inch in size. A standard camera, and this, and I'm not even talking the expensive Canon full frame. We can say an inexpensive Canon APS-C, also known as a crop sensor. Those things are, you know, roughly, I don't know, 25 inches or so, something like that. So that's like 25 times, well, even more than 25 times bigger than a smartphone sensor. And those camera bodies are measuring their megapixels the same, you know, just as you would on a phone. But a 20 megapixel sensor on a camera body is not going to look the same as a 20 megapixel phone sensor because of what's called the, the pixel size. You know, they have pixels on all of these. That's basically photo sites that are capturing light. The size of those pixels make a big difference. And smartphones today are using some some magic, if you will, because they know, look, I only have half an inch to work with, but I need to try to figure out a way to capture as much light as possible. So how can we manipulate this? And what they do is, is called pixel binning basically combining the pixels together to make 
a super pixel, if you will. But even with that super pixel, it's still smaller than a pixel that you'll see on a regular camera body. They measure it in microns. Um, smartphone pixels are usually like 0.8 microns, tiny. On a camera body, they're usually like two microns starting out. You know, so it's much bigger, much more light can be captured, much more light can be processed and help make your images look better. And so with Apple and Google and Samsung, they're touting all of this magical 40-something megapixel cameras. It's a bunch of bunk. <laughs> well, because the marketability, what happens is there's the battle of the cameras in competition. Right. And so right. we are feeding that fodder <laughs> by <laughs> buying everything that they're telling us is, hey, well, you know, look, it's got more whipped cream on here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we're like, yo, more whipped cream. That's awesome. <laughs> Where's that's the ice cream analogy. though, right? <laughs> great analogy. Oh, man. Because that's yeah. exactly what it is. And whipped you know, cream is really just a bunch of air, you know, with a little bit of, yeah. Empty calories. Yeah. <laughs> So. <laughs> Empty calories. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's, it's great what the likes of Apple, Samsung, and Google are doing to an extent. But I hate the marketing speak because it's not necessarily helping people understand um, why when they take that photograph and it doesn't look as good as the, the camera next to them, um, it's, it's because of physics. You know, it's just not the same. Can you still take great images with a smartphone? Hells, yes. Mm -hmm. I know firsthand. Right? You know, you could still do it. Um, but just don't fall into the whole marketing speak. Understand that you're dealing with a sensor that is less than half an inch in size, and you're trying to capture light. And when you have such a tiny surface area to work with, you're going to have some limitations. Does that mean you are... Um, just straight out of luck <laughs> because you have half an inch sensor? No, it doesn't. It just means you have to understand how to work within your limitations, you know? Yeah, you. It's so I used to do sales. I used to fall into sales a lot. And I would turn it into storytelling because everybody around me was selling by selling features. Oh, yeah. and see, see the curve over here and these knobs and, you know, when it came to high-tech stuff, you know, like televisions mm -hmm. and things like that. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what they were really selling is just like all these features. And I'm like, mm -hmm. people don't need that. It's like, what's your story? What are you going to use it for? What do you need it for? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and this is, this is how, you know, connecting the person that's buying something to the product that they're going to get. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, the whipped cream thing that really is actually kind of a good analogy i, I love that analogy yeah. That's so good. <laughs> yeah i got ripped about this this iphone um is when it was announced and again i'm not an apple hater by no means i've always enjoyed apple hardware i've just never been a fan of ios and that's why i still have the you know the pixel line because it's clean android and it just works for me. But from a hardware standpoint, the Apple phones have always just been beautiful. And, and I've always admired that. If it was running Android, I'd take it, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> hands down. Um, but 
I did an episode on on hands-on photography when the latest iPhone was announced. It's the 14, right? Yeah. When it was announced. And it just, it, I had to do it because I'm, I'm, I'm sick of the market and speak. And Apple, they're not the only ones doing it. Samsung does it. Google did it. Yep. And that 48 megapixel stuff, it just, I, I could just see people running to the stores because <laughs> they heard that. And it's just running. And I'm like, hold up, stop, 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 stop. Don't, don't fall for it. Let me show you what's really happening. You know, and it's called quad bear um, filters on the image sensor that's doing all of this magic. I'm not going to get into that here because it's way too geeky and technical, but it's just a bunch of engineering that's in place to help make things better than what it really is capable of doing. It's great. It's a great engineering feat, but it's still not getting you exactly what you think you're paying for. Yeah. You know, so don't fall for the 48 megapixel stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and another thing, of, those campaigns is, it was, yeah. uh, I remember Google when the pixel four came out they had Annie Leibovitz as a spokesperson endorsing it. And, you know, she did a whole presentation about it and all of this. And, you know, she, I love her as a photographer. She takes some great work, even though I have some beef with another image she did recently, but that's not part of this story. <laughs> but she she was basically saying this, this camera is great. And when they were showing her trying to do a demo of, of – uh, shooting some model or what have you on the set, they were just sort of really quick cuts of her snapping the photographs. But if you paused it, if you paused the video, you would notice uh, several things there. She would have a case on the phone, not just any case. This was a case that had some handles on the sides of it. Why? Because a photographer knows you need to be steady with your shot, with your hands. Yep. Get Get steady. Just so that's that's one advantage that she's already adding to this brilliant phone, quote unquote, already. And then there's another thing that was in that sh- in that video. If you paused it, there were several lights, uh. <laughs> several studio grade lights right there. And at the very beginning of our conversation, Miss Susie, what did I say? Lights going to make or break the photograph. Right. Hey, right. So, uh, rhymes with light. you know but that was google just sort of uh like a a bit of sleight of hand if you will like hey this this camera's gonna give you all these gazillion megapixels but and and even annie leibovitz loves to shoot with this thing you know there's just this whole sleight of hand market and speak thing you know i don't remember which brand was a while back this is years ago for god's sake time is just flying by me (laughs) i've feel like i'm so old right now um but there was a they were uh talking about you know how great their phone was for shooting video or or photos or whatever and it turns out they didn't use that phone to shoot the video and the photos or whatever it was they were using uh you know and it's like people caught on to it and they got hell for it yeah you know and apple they did the same same well they did a similar tactic as what google did with the shot on iphone campaign but to apple's credit they later uh, the, the next model i think it was the 12 
Yeah, I think it was the 12. When they did that whole shot on iPhone campaign, they slowed down and showed you those cinema studios um, with their rigging. Yeah. They had they had gimbals. They had lights. They had cages. You know, they 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 were professionals trying to get the most out of the limitations that are that comes with a half inch sensor and they pulled it off. Why? Because they understood that 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 they understood the exposure triangle. Yeah, remember period. the one about the snow? Oh right. Yeah. 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 It it was like, well, <laughs> dude, you're using a freaking di- Hollywood type director, a right. cinematographer. <laughs> it's like, can you please we have plenty awesome filmmakers here right. who don't have that and you could have used them and right. it would have been a better sale. Right. Because right. it was like, well, yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, dang it. And I'm, I see those commercials. I'm like, well, yeah, they, I expect those guys to make yeah. this thing look like a blockbuster. It's like, know, hey, my Honda can beat the Formula One race. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, yeah, well, who's driving it, though? You know, I wish they would sell it more. And they're doing they're doing a lot better with it now. Yeah. They're selling it more as in. All right, anybody can pick this up and shoot this. Just hold still, hit the button and it's going to look great. And it does. Yeah. It does. They're, they're, they're better about that now. Other than the whole megapixel thing, that that's what threw me off. I'm like, no, then you ruined it. Well, it's like stabilization, <laughs> you know, like uh, the gimbals and things like that. Well, it's like way back with the 4S, I was sitting at yeah. Starbucks and I put it in, you know, when the slow-mo came out. Yep. And I was, I was panning across the room, you know, with the slow-mo on. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a gimbal or anything? I don't even think we had gimbals yet at the time. But it was like such a smooth thing. And I was like, well, if you use slow motion to shoot it and then you speed it up a little bit when you're editing it, it's still going to look a lot smoother. You know yep. what I mean? And yep. so I learned that trick. And um, when people do slow motion and, and and a gimbal, I think it's like a little bit of an overkill. Yeah, yeah. It gets a little mushy. Yeah, it, it's like, come on, guys. And I <laughs> I'm not a big fan of gimbals. I got a gimbal and I used it twice when I got it. And mm-hmm. I don't care for it because it's such a pain. It just flops around on me all the time when I least want it to. <laughs> it's like you're I not got, behaving. <laughs> I have three. Yeah, yeah, I have three here. And I use one seldomly, but I haven't used the smartphone ones in a while because, it, it, again, I I can hold my elbows to my side. That's you know, the I thing. Under, you know, I understand. Yep. Just stabilize and give yourself a nice wide base when you're standing. You, you're more than likely you're going to be okay. I have basically the most simple stabilizer that is basically a piece of plastic that looks like a gun handle with mm-hmm. the, the with the attachment to put the phone on. That's really yeah. all it is. I mean, it could have been yeah. my shoe. Yeah. And yeah. and I know how to uh pan- I use it when I'm at Comic-Con for all the videos that I make. Mhm. Uh, 90% of it, except for that one time when I got that gimbal, which I used it a little bit. And then I was like, I'm so sick of this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But everything else, I use it handheld. And a lot of people don't realize that for one, when you're doing montage videos, you don't shoot long five minute clips. You know, and when you're shooting scenes, (laughs) right, when you're shooting scenes, you're cutting them so tight anyways. 
to yeah. show different perspectives. So you really don't need gimbals. I bet you right now there are 16 people listening to this and they're like barking. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? No. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got gimbals here. And like I said, yeah. I, I seldomly use them. The, the, the one that I will use, um, I use it for... I will use it when I'm shooting product photography B-roll. Yeah. Because I have a stationary object and I can clearly do a pan automatically. Just hit the just hit a couple of settings and boom, it does it. Yeah. It's a smooth pan. See, I know. love doing the handheld B-roll stuff. Because mm-hmm. I was called the B-roll queen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, I seldomly use it because even even still I have another dedicated tripod that that'll do just that with the fluid head tripod and just oh that's the thing i have a two thousand dollar tripod and i barely get to use it and when i do it now it's like with the little (laughs) with my my iphone on top of it you know what i mean i love that (laughs) looks like that 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 (laughs) (laughs) like the man in black the one with the big shoulders and the tiny little head on top That's what I'm I not see, judging yeah. you because I've done that too. Yeah, oh, it doesn't man. matter, but it's the fluid head. <laughs> when I go to look at tripods, right, like prosumer, consumer ones, and yeah. they're all these expensive ones, and people are like, oh, well, that one's more expensive. That should be good. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You got to look at the um, the fluid head, you know, and how well mm-hmm. that works, you know. And, of course, you want the legs not to be super skinny to, you know, I mean, yep. you want Support. it to stay. <laughs> yep. You want the support. But without a fluid head, other than that, you might as well just put it on a table. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just slide it yourself. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Now, tell people really quick. Uh, no, well, not super quick, but. Sorry, just, I spoke too long. No, you didn't. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's it's about, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, pixels versus, because I was going to segue into this and I got carried away. Uh, pixels versus resolution. Yeah, uh, resolution is the measurement of the output of your your image or your video. And it's commonly sp- spoken more so about in video side of things because you have HD resolution, you have 4K resolution, which really isn't 4K, it's usually ultra HD. Uh, 4K is actually a little bit bigger and it's called 4K DCI. That's neither here nor there, but we can start with HD resolution which is 1920 by 1080 pixels um wide and long um pixels on on the sensor is a whole different ball of wax you're going to have 20 megapixels on your sensor that's just capturing the light but it's outputting um 1920 by 1080 you know, so it's going to be really, really pretty <laughs> because you have really big pixels capturing a frame that's essentially going to equate to just a little bit smaller than the frame. So it's going to be a lot clearer and, and just super duper clarity from a light standpoint on it. Because when you take a photo with an iPhone, no matter how much light or whatever, um, mm-hmm. The pixels most of the time are 72. Oh, uh, yeah. Pixels per inch. Mm-hmm. Uh, DPI, I'm sorry. Yeah. Not pixels per inch. DPI dots per inch. Dots per inch. Yeah. 
And that's that's when you're dealing with printing, um, more so than anything. If you, if you can get higher than seventy two PPI, uh, DPI, yeah, your it's the print's gonna look better, but it's not horrible at seventy two. Um, no, because then you know. Um, like like what I do with my photos, I use them, you know, for marketing, right? Yeah. And so I bring them in. I use Affinity. Affinity. Yep. I love you great. guys. Um, okay. So I use that. And so I bring it in and I raise the resolution on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then when yep. I export them, you know, they look good uh, on the screen. They look really yep. nice and clear, but it's not like megabytes huge. You know what nope. I mean? Right. So, right. so that's upscaling. Yeah. And I know that for uh, a lot of, you know, I think it was like on the Apple for the podcast or they're like, don't upscale your, I'm like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> 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 I want these things to look good. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, but you don't want to overload it because, you know, websites and things like that um, right. takes forever. Right. So those are things to to consider, but now for print, that's a whole different ball game. Yeah, for print, it's a different ball game because you're gonna, it's gonna give it just a little bit more definition. Yeah. Uh, when you have a higher um, DPI output there. Yeah. Okay, now let's talk about one last thing. This is mm -hmm. my favorite subject: storytelling and photographs. When you oh, yeah. take photos. Do you think story, what, it, what is the story behind this photograph? Or do you just have one in mind that brought you to even take the photo? Uh, most of the time it's a bit, it's, it's a, what is the story behind this? Um, if I'm out and about doing landscape, it's a, it's a little more difficult to tell stories in landscape. You need, you're going to need a lot of help. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to need some help with, this, the actual land itself or the clouds or, the, you know, potential birds going by. Um, so I don't, it's not as much there, but if I'm not about doing street photography, when there's people involved, people are going to always tell a story yeah. one way or another without saying a word, right? you know? And before it, the only reason the, the, the camera goes up in front of my face to frame the shot is because I see a story right at the moment. And it may not be something that the person is intentionally trying to tell. You know, I could interpret it my own way, which is fun because if I happen to share that image with the world, most people will interpret it something totally differently from what I saw. And that's, that's fun. You know, I just feel like most people connect with stories yep. and so even if there's no story you know from your perspective you're just shooting it yeah like you could literally close your eyes and go click 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 at different places or whatever in a scene mm -hmm. and people and then you show those photos to people and people oh, yeah. somehow they have to it's mm -hmm. the human part of us right that they human have connection. to they connect to it somehow through some sort of story and, and when you yep. go, well, what do you see in that? They describe some sort of a story. Mm -hmm. I agree 100%. 100. It's a, it's, and, and, and street photography is a lot of fun to, to shoot. Oh, gosh. Um, 
you know, a lot of people, they get weirded out nowadays because of quote unquote privacy. So some people won't go out and shoot because they're scared they're going to get fussed at and, or so, heck, some people think they're going to get sued and things like that. I've heard that. Mm. And that's, that's, that's not right. It shouldn't be that way. Not out in public um, anyways. No, that's, that's something I, I, I try to tell folks. If you're in public space, you can shoot. You, you may not be able to capitalize off of it, yeah. like go make money from it. But if it's a public space, you have every right to grab your camera and take, take a photograph. The only, the um, only, the only, from a legal perspective, is exploiting children. There's that too. Right. You know, and even, and, and I have changed the way I shoot street photography. Yeah. Because of some of the privacy concerns, even though I know my rights. But when it comes to children, you hardly, you will hardly ever see an image of a child from me. And if the child is identifiable, in it, at least. Right. Yeah. If a child is in it, usually their head is turned. Yeah. Um, there's one on my website with the child's face showing, and I did get permission for that. Yep. But that's the only one. Yeah. <laughs> well, remember in the old days, like probably mm-hmm. 10 years ago, <laughs> um, yeah. when you would go to, I still ask permission a lot of times. You know, when yeah. I go to a small store, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like a small business store, Hey, do you mind if I take a photo of this? Right. You know, because back in, back in the day, they didn't want you to. Nope. Because they were thinking that you were shopping and yeah, you were, (laughs) you were going to go over there and say, oh, they got this on sale here. Go beat it by two pennies Mm -hmm. or something. Sure. Um, Yeah. There is just that. But a lot of stores now have gotten better. But but asking permission is a great way, you know, to to interact with people where you can then they then feel more comfortable when you're shooting the photo and then it comes out better. And the thing is, it's even easier now if you're if you're asking this and you're using your phone. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all I use anymore. You know, if you use your phone and you're doing street photography, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be so much fun because people are diffused by seeing that as a camera versus me walking up there with the 70 to 200 millimeter lens on. Completely. You know? Yeah. Um, now, granted, I've, again, because I, I do both. I shoot with my, my Pixel as well as with my, my Canon. Um, and my practice for both instances is I tend to just make eye contact. Mm-hmm. And that that tends to diffuse it. And what's funny is, in my experience, a lot of times they will just they'll either give me a nod or they'll wink. Yeah. You know, because it's basically saying, yep, I see you. And it also helps the fact that my habit is I'm usually wearing really, really bright colors when I'm out shooting because I want to be visible. Yeah. Um, and they see me and I see them and they, they'll nod or they'll wink or something like that and they'll smile or, or do whatever. And every now and then they'll even pose. Oh, totally. I mean, you know? yeah, I, Cause I diff- love the, doing the this. The situation is diffused, you know, so they'll just pose. So just grab your, your phone and, and just have fun with it. And, and then, you know, say, hey, how can I send this to you? I'm going to process them and, you know, what have you. But how can I send this to you? And, and that's just building more trust within that's the more awesome yeah you know 
You know, when I shoot a video, um, as soon as you have a tripod, it's about oh, the yeah, tripod. It could be a phone. As soon as you have a yeah. tripod, it's, what are you shooting? The police. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> need a permit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm not obstruct. But that is, to them, that's the obstruction, having to use this tripod. But mm-hmm. if you don't use a tripod, you can get away with a lot. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I've, I've had many a run in with the police officers and it's been funny because there's only been a handful that were like total jackasses about it. Yeah. Um, but most of the time they're like, we know you just create an art, but, you know, you do have to have a permit if you're going to use a tripod. So yeah. if you would like to just use this, these stack of bricks that I see over here in the corner, <laughs> you can use that. You know, I, I they've literally said stuff like That's that. That's cool. Me. That's cool. Yeah, usually just stopping people. um, You know, like there was this dog that was tie-dyed on on Mm -hmm. the street. And he had all these... In San Diego? No, never in San Diego. (laughs) Oh, man, people are so friendly here. And I literally walk around with a smile on my face all the time. You know, even my dog here at home looks at me like, hey, Miss Happy. <laughs> Smiling back, um, I just have a smile on my face, and so it, it, it's very, you know, like friendly, you know, to people. And um, yeah, with that dog, I remember, and it wasn't even the owner; it was like a dog walker. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, "I'm like, oh my god!" And she she kept walking with the dog, and then I go, "Oh my god, that is the most awesome thing!" And I'm laughing because it's so amusing to me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Do you mind? Can I take a photo?" And she sat there for five minutes trying to get the dog to sit and pose for me. Uh, I took like seven <laughs> photos. So she really worked the dog, you know, like she wanted it to <laughs> come out good. The dog's like, look, all I want to do is go out and walk. Really? Yeah. What is happening and I here? think I shot like, I don't know how many photos of the dog. But you only need one. Yeah. You only need one. And one will come one. out looking pretty cool. So. Yeah. So storytelling <laughs> with photographs, it's it's really it's really not as hard as people think it would be. No, it's not. You know, and, and I've told people and this is only if you can spare the time. Yeah. Um, with street photography, again, you can, it's easy to get stories because there's people involved. But a tip that I have is if you can do it during if you're in a a not necessarily in a rural rural area. Go to like a town. Yeah. Okay. Go to a, go to a town. It doesn't have to be a big city. Just go to a town where people working. If you can go out at rush hour and get there, well, actually go before rush hour and get to the areas where people are working right. before they're starting work. Shoot then, and then come back when they're getting off of work and shoot then. Mm-hmm. Find different little, find different little, little spots around the working area, and you're going to get stories because there's people coming into work and they're either going to be frantic and running late or just in a great mood or they're just angry like Dad, gum it is Monday and it's going to come through <laughs> on, on on your camera. You're going to see it, yeah, without saying a word. And then at the end of the day, you're going to see people that are just, oh, my gosh, just a big sigh of relief as they're walking out the doors or or just angry because it was the worst day ever. And they really hate their boss, (laughs) you know, 
Um, just just a lot of different personalities and stories that's just going to come from body language and not one word said. Those are my favorite kinds of photos where people don't realize, you know, they're not posing in front. Right. And, and it's hard to do that with a phone as compared to a DSLR with a zoom lens. You know what I'm saying? Not anymore. Not anymore. Well, I know, but <laughs> they don't come out as good. No. You know, well, the digital again, zoom. Light. Light. Yes. But the it, digital the zoom is not as friendly. You know what no, I mean? No, it's not. As, yeah, that's, as that's more real. mumbo jumbo that they sell people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You zoom with your feet. Exactly. And so now it's it's easier because so if someone is sitting down on a park bench and they're deep in thought and you're mm-hmm. walking up, you're walking by and you've mm-hmm. got your phone out mm-hmm. and you can take that profile shot of them or whatever, they're mm-hmm. not reacting to it as opposed nope. to a big camera. That's correct. You're and not you interrupting even- them. Which right. is rude. And you don't have to get close. Yes, you have a smartphone. You don't have an optical zoom. Right. Like a, like a lens. But you can still capture a good shot 20 feet away. Yes. And if there's good light, you can crop it. <laughs> yep. See? See? Light, light rules. I think we gave everybody a really pretty good understanding of smartphone photography, like hands-on, literally. How can you get more so. hands-on than what's always in your hand? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah, right. I think you should do you should do a, a separate category for smartphone uh, in your show. Um, <laughs> you're you do such a wonderful job with that. I hope all our everybody that's listening subscribes yeah. and and make sure that they go there you do this once a week at least yeah every thursday every, every that's thursday right. an episode goes up so and, um, you just did one I really today i appreciate people yep one just came out today and yes i do talk about smartphones i do talk about it's, it's just general photography um i tend to tell people i don't give a crap what what camera you got yeah <laughs> just 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 come on over here let's talk about this you made my day when you shoot. you retweeted that photo of the the uh the ducks at the park ducks by the, the lake park. and you were like look at this and you retweeted <laughs> this and i was like oh my god i was i felt like a million dollars that's right. I remember now. I'm trying to go through my head because, <laughs> boy, my Twitter stream is, it's great. Yeah. It, it's great, but it's always busy, so I have to filter oh, but through. That's why it made such an impact <laughs> of me. It's like, wow, I actually noticed this in a big, it's always, you know, that's, that's also the other part of the, the story and the photo, the subjectiveness of it, where you think, well, this came out nice, and then you mm-hmm. post it there. And then, and, and a lot of people, you know, I know Instagram, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Twitter is also a great place for yeah. photos. And yeah, I most post people them. will tell you now t- Twitter is the, the place to go for photos because Instagram is sort of. Yeah. Well, I still get them. I still see a lot of photos on my timeline on my Instagram. But I also do like a lot of stuff. Like if I'm following people, I just like their stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like that booster. 
<laughs> I'm your booster. So if you're not your following, booster. if you're not following us <laughs> on Instagram, <laughs> the signal you booster. want you want the red hearts. I'm giving them away for free. <laughs> Anything that just makes me smile. It's not hard to make me smile. I'm telling you, I'm smiling all day long, every day. Um, I'm, I've That's been awesome. smiling the entire time that we're that we've been uh, doing this. That's you know, awesome. when I die, <laughs> people will go, look, she's still smiling. <laughs> I better not be shown. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Um, I think this is great. I think we're doing I'm smiling also because this is such this is so good for everybody, you know, so informational. And uh, and by the way. So. If you're listening to this and you really got something out of it, go ahead and tag uh, Ant and me and um, and share that, you know, because we're paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please do so. Yeah. On um, Twitter or Instagram. I'm, I'm Ant underscore Pruitt on either one. Awesome. Um, I know you didn't ask that. I just totally... Plug. No, I th- I always no, you're not. I actually <laughs> usually in this uh, podcast, anyone who's coming back knows that I ask people to do it. Why? Because a lot of people listen to these podcasts while they're doing things like doing their laundry or driving their car or mm-hmm. jogging or whatever. And mm-hmm. the world does not revolve around our podcast. <laughs> they're not going to stop everything and go go you know go click on the on the link in the notes or go do all that stuff. So hearing it is a great way for people to remember it, especially say it again, something simple like (laughs) at ant underscore Pruitt. Uh, Ant, any last words? Because you're going to be a judge this year for our mobile short films and for the photo contest. Um, my last words are, Hey, you got a camera, get up and go shoot, go capture some images, go capture some video. Just stop thinking about it and just go do it. And you don't even have to share <laughs> whatever it is you capture. Just right. get the reps in folks. That's all you got to do. That was beautiful. Now say goodbye to our listeners. Goodbye. Fine listeners. Thank you.